right, good morning. I love uh, when I get to, to preach typically the first Sunday of the month uh, right after communion. And, and I love that because it's a picture that, that, you know, in light of all that Jesus has done for us, uh, what's our response, right? His shed blood, his broken body for us. He gave his life for us. And, and, and the response is to, to give our life back to him, right? And that's what we're talking about today in stewardship. This is the second week of, of stewardship, and uh, we just want to talk about what that means and, 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 and what's my role. So uh, my name's Ricky. I'm, the, I'm one of the pastors here. Um, among other things, I serve in youth ministry, high school and middle school, and, and I love it. That's where you'll find me hanging out most of the time. Uh, and I, I love it for a special reason. When I was in, in middle school and high school, I had a youth pastor who really um, cultivated, uh, or was part of that process at least in me, uh, just a desire to know how God wired me, um, how God built me, how I operate, what are my gifts, and, and how should I be using my gifts uh, to serve the church. So I, I remember sitting down with him, he was kind of like a spiritual father to me, a spiritual dad to me also, and, and it was early high school, maybe freshman or sophomore year, uh, he sat me down, just kind of like he did with most of the, the students, and he said, hey, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do in life? What do you want to do when you grow up? Many of you have had that conversation with um, a mentor or a parent or a teacher or something, and uh, I said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I want to do this, and I gave, you know, the, the, the typical responses of a of a teenage guy at that point, nothing really great, nothing really spiritual, and, and then he kind of switched the, the question around a little bit and, and made more of a, made it more of a pointed question, and um, what he's trying to get me to, to say was, to, to realize was that all of, all of what we do in life should and could be worship to God and service to God, so he asked me this question, he said, if you can do any spiritual thing, what would you do, and um, I said, well, I'd, I'd do what you're doing. And I said, I want your job, man. And uh, I really did. I, I, like, sat in his chair and everything. And uh, and it wasn't it wasn't as if I was gunning for it or anything like that. But what I, what I communicated was that, like, man, that guy had such a profound impact on my life and the life of my close friends around me at that time, um, friends that I'm still very close with t- today, and friends who most of them are, are serving the Lord um, fervently today in, in amazing ways. Uh, he had such an impact on our, on our lives, and I'm like, man, I want to have just a fraction of that kind of influence on, on the lives of young people also. That's what I want. That's all I knew about ministry at that point. I didn't have any aspirations to be a, a teacher or a pastor or a missionary or a worship leader or anything like that. I'm like, I just want to have influence in the life of, of young people. Is, and, and that's what he said, okay, cool. So he intentionally gave me uh, many opportunities when he was sick or gone. He'd call me and say, hey, you're, you're doing youth group, and he'd help me write a sermon or, or a lesson to teach my peers, and they were probably all terrible at that time, but he, he helped me develop that skill. Uh, my other friends, were, I was very musical, so uh, they led worship in those, in those days um, when I would do youth group, and it was like all these young people um, doing the things, and, and it was awesome. And he, he really wanted us to, to find our giftings, how God made us, what he made us for, and to, to start to, 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 to serve in those things. So uh, I, I began to, to ask God, like, what do you have for me? So I want to talk a little bit about that today, about our spiritual gifts, about our talents, about 
stewarding those gifts, about being a good steward of what God has given us. So why stewardship? Nathan kind of introduced it and, and gave us a framework last week about stewardship. And, and, and why do we want to talk about this? Why do we think this is important? Um, I, I would say that what we do with our time, what we do with our talent, what we do with our treasure is indicative of what we value most. Does that make sense? What we do with our time, our talent, our treasure is indicative of what we value most, of what we worship. Does that make sense? What we daydream about, what we think about, where we spend our extra time, our extra resources, our, our, our skills is indicative of, of what we think is the best, right? And, and our goal is because of Jesus, because of his, his, his life, because of him saving us from our sins, because of him loving us to the furthest extent, we want to use our time, our talents, and our treasure to communicate to, to God that his will and his kingdom and his glory is what's important, is what's most important, right? Because of him laying down his life for us with his shed blood and his broken body, we want to do the same with our lives. So stewardship, as Nathan defined last week, is the responsible and careful management of something entrusted to us. Stewardship is an understanding that everything we have is not ours, right? It's, it's God's. Right? Everything we have is not ours, but God's. One mark of a steward is not only that we acknowledge that, but we gladly acknowledge that it's not mine, God, it's, it's yours. We, we do it because we love him so much and we say, here I am, Lord, it's yours, I'm yours, use me, here I am, bondservant, w- willfully and, and gladly. Romans 1.6 reminds us that we've been bought, we've been purchased. We've been ransomed with a price. And because of that, we belong to Christ. So it stands to reason that if we belong to Christ, so does all our stuff, right? Just logically, that makes sense. It's, it's all his, our time, our treasure, our resources. And it's not in such a way that God's like, hey, gimme, 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 gimme. But rather, it's, it's an attitude for us that, again, in light of all that Jesus has done for us, our response is the glad submission to his will and, and stewardship of his things for his glory, for his kingdom. So the idea is this. It, it's, a, it's a hands open instead of a, a closed handed thing, right? You still have it. You still earned it. You still worked for it. It's his ultimately, but we hang on to his stuff with open hands and, and, and use it for him and his glory instead of a closed fist man i because of my pride my attitude is often man this is mine these these are you know i earned this god this is i paid for this this is my thing you can't have this thing it's it's for me it's for my purposes and and my uses and i'm not giving it up for god i love amplifiers right or whatever the thing is i i don't i don't love amplifiers but that's the idea. I, I, my pride tells me it's mine. I, I earned it. And, and I would say that's a dangerous place to be because your ability, your strength, your breath all comes from the Lord, right? And that's a good thing. That's an awesome thing. Psalm 24, it'll be up on the screen or you can turn there in your Bibles. It says this, uh, and I love this passage. It says, the earth is whose? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. 
For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. The earth is the Lord, and all its people belong to him. So stewardship is an understanding that we're not the owners. God is, but we get to be the ones who responsibly and carefully manage what he has entrusted to us. And that's an awesome responsibility, and it's a delight and a joy for us. Um, Dr. Gary Brashear is a professor at Western Seminary in in Portland, uh, writes in this chapter um, on stewardship, and he says, quote, A steward manages assets for the owner's benefit. A steward carries no sense of entitlement to the assets he manages. It's his job to find out what the owner wants done with his assets and carry out his will. And that's our job as stewards with the stuff he's given us, with the time, talents, and treasure he's given us to figure out, God, what's your will for my life? What's your will for our life as a community, as a church? And let's get it done together using what you've given us to accomplish your will. Another important distinction to stewardship is it's not just a mindset or an understanding because it's it's easy to say, like, yes, I belong to God. Yes, all my things belong to God. But it's also something we need to have action steps for. So a steward proactively seeks ways to faithfully invest. So so we don't – it's not just a mindset. We don't just say – Yes, I'm, I'm a steward, but we, we do something with it. We seek ways to proactively invest what God has entrusted to us, invest our talents so that God can, again, advance his kingdom, his gospel, and, and, and his will on earth. Last week, excuse me, last week, Pastor Nathan explored the, the creation narrative where we see God create everything and he puts it into Adam and Eve's hands and he's like, all right, take care of it cultivate it, have dominion over it, name some animals, right? They had some responsibility. They had instructions from God for what they were supposed to do in, in, in creation, right? They had responsibility. We know how that went for them. But fast forward to 2019, and, and God still chooses us to be the people by which he accomplishes his purposes, to be the vessels by which he, he brings his will to fruition on earth as it is in heaven. It's a big responsibility, but I'm, I'm confident that God equips us. He gives us everything we need to get the job done. So last week, if you were here, we focused on, on what it means to be a steward financially with, with our money, with, with the monetary resources God has entrusted to us where you know we, we go out and we work and we get an income and then we say, God, okay, paid my, God, what, what do you want me to do with with what you've already given me. So we looked at what it means to be a steward with our treasure, our finances. And today I want to talk a little bit about um, what it means to be a steward with our, our gifts, our talents, and a little bit about our time. So, if you have your Bible, uh, open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we'll spend most of our time this morning. I'll read it in two different chunks, and we'll talk about it uh, along the way. So for context, Paul is kind of straightening out a church and saying this is how a church excuse me, should function. This is what a healthy church church looks like. This is how a church should operate. And then he gets into the, the details. Um, and this is what it looks like when each person plays plays their part within a healthy church. So he's straightening out this church. 
So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when, when you were pagans, you were led astray by to, to mute, excuse me, when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So the understanding as Paul talks about gifting in in the church is this, that each person in the church, each Christian is gifted. If you're following in the notes, your little fill in the blank, the first one is this, I am gifted. Everybody say, I am gifted. All right, good. Um, It's important to, to, to know that because what we can do is we can think of giftings in in two categories, those who are gifted and then the rest of us, right? We can look at the superstars as the ones who are gifted. They have a platform because of their gifts, and they do a good job using that, and then there's the rest of us who we just were here on ground level grinding away. But each one of us has something special given to us by God for the purpose of bringing Him glory, serving the body, serving each other, serving the church in our own personal um, joy and edification and sanctification, right? Each one of us is gifted. God has given us something special. And it's not for us to say, puff up our chest and say, look at me, I'm gifted. I do this and that. And look at all the souls I've won for the Lord. Look at how gifted I am in the ways in which I'm gifted because it doesn't work that way. Your, your gifting should not inspire pride, but humility. Your, your gifting is, is ultimately for God. And it, it should never be so that we can point inwardly and say, look at me and look at my gifts. So we have to come back to that perspective that says there are the gifted and then there are the rest of us because each one of us is gifted. So I want you to understand that so that we can start to, to understand, okay, I am gifted. What are my gifts and how do I start to operate in my gifts? How do I start to serve in my gifts? God has equipped every Christian with gifts and abilities in order that we might participate in the gospel, participate in advancing the kingdom. 1 Peter 4.10, it's on the screen, or you can jot it down in your notes, or you can turn there if you want, but 1 Peter 4.10 says this, As each of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Each has received a gift. If you look in 1 Corinthians 12 that we just read, it says, Each has received a gift. Everyone who has received a gift, all of us have received a gift. All of us have something from the Lord that he's given to us in order that we might make much of him. Every one of us has been gifted and equipped, and we have a responsibility to steward that. It's a big responsibility, and that responsibility carries so much 
for us personally as we start to to develop and grow and walk closer in God in our service to him. Um, for me personally, I, there's this idea um, that I try to push back on as, as a youth pastor, and, and that's um, this, that even our young people, even our, our youth, our students um, have giftings and, and are contributing members to, to the church. What I, what I often fight back against is this, this perspective, and it's this. A lot of people will say, oh, I love the youth. They're the future of the church. Or they're the church of tomorrow, and, and, I, and I fight back against that. I push back against that a little bit because, yes, I understand the sentiment that, like, yes, they'll be the leaders in the church tomorrow or a little bit down the road. But also, as Christians, they're functioning members of the church right now, right? And they've got gifts, and they've got a lot to offer the church right now. And we've got to be um, helping them see that and, and, and inspiring them and encouraging them in their gifting. Um, because for me, that's when I started to develop my gifts as a young person when I was in, in high school. Um, and, and I started to, to serve in those gifts. Last week at Youth Group was cool because, I mean, you get to see this firsthand, but there was one kid who brought snacks, right? And, and not only did he bring snacks, but he took like 10 minutes out of his youth group time to go into the kitchen by himself and just pop popcorn and made sure everyone had a full thing of popcorn and that they were comfortable. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's hospitality. And, and that's just what he chose to do with 10 minutes of his time. And I'm like, that's, that's really cool. You'll often see students back on, on the computer or up here on stage or cleaning or sweeping the leaves out of the, the thing or a various different ways in which, and that's just my plug as a youth pastor, um, when you see them, encourage them in their abilities and, 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 and help them understand what are their gifts. Because me, personally, I had no idea. I, I wanted to do cool stuff, right, for the church, for God. Um, I was passionate about it, but I had no idea how God gifted me. I took a spiritual gifts test. Anyone else take one of those? Not to say that they're bad, but my results were like administration, and I'm like, that is so far from wrong for me. Like, I'm not gifted with administration. Um, come to find out later, it was it was teaching. And, and that didn't come to me through like a generic test or anything. That, that came from people affirming that in me. So my group of friends that I was growing and developing with and that our youth pastor is kind of mentoring – um, it was one buddy of mine, a little bit younger than me, actually. He said, no, you're a teacher. How do you not see that? You, you like to teach. And, and I didn't think anything of it because I thought, like, oh, there's, there's teachers and they teach. And then, you know, there's me. I just like fun facts, right? Like, I was the fun fact guy. Like, hey, did you know this? And, and my friends got annoyed with my fun facts. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't care about that because my, my fun facts, you know, they weren't they, – they weren't – like, important information is just like, hey, did you know the spider? You know, it, stuff like that. And then God took my curiosity for wanting to study and research and learn, and, and he used that for him, to serve him, to study the Bible, and, 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 and to, to say, hey, want to know a fun fact from this book? So it was fun. When I was, when I was young and I was excited about Christ, I would, I would get my Bible. I'm like, hey, did you know that this book tells it? It says that Jesus loves us? you know that? And, and, and they're like, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty basic. Uh, there's a song about it too. And uh, I'm, so I'd, I'd read this and I'm like, hey, have you ever heard of the Ten Commandments? They're pretty, like, they're great. And they're like, yep. Because I wasn't, I wasn't raised in, in Sunday school. Um, so for me as a middle schooler on into high school, like it was new and fresh. So I wanted, I read, I read something from the book and I wanted to tell someone about what it said. And they're like, yep. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we know that song. And, but for me, that was me starting to grow in, in my gifts. And, and it came about by people in my life who were following Christ also affirming those things in me. Um, so again, with students, affirming them what their gifts are. Um, and just, just be part of that journey for them. So each one of us has been gifted and equipped. We have responsibility to steward what God's given us. In the text, you'll notice it says there are a variety of gifts. Uh, these gifts are often referred to as the spiritual gifts. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar with what the spiritual gifts are, they're, they're special gifts and abilities given to you by God in order that you may be even more effective in your ability to administer the gospel and serve the kingdom via his church. So there's special gifts and abilities that God gives you. And, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But they're gifts from God to help you be more effective in your ability to serve God, to bring glory to him, and to serve and love his people. But in addition to spiritual gifts, if you look at verse 7, this passage also says there's a variety of services and a variety of activities by which we also serve God. So when we seek to serve God, which a lot of us have asked the question, God, what, what am I for? What do I do? What's my part? How, am I a puzzle piece in this big puzzle thing you call life in church? What, where do I fit? So when we seek to serve God, he'll give us gifts that are new to us. He'll use our natural abilities. Sometimes he'll even heighten our natural ab- abilities. Um, and of course, he'll take what we're already doing in life, whether it be our job, our hobbies, and reappropriate them for his purposes and his will. So he leaves no stone un- unturned as if to say um, anything and everything could and should be service and worship to God. So use it strategically, really, to bring about um, common good for all is what that's key. So the question is not, am I gifted? But rather, have I discovered my gifts? Have I discovered my gifts and am I using them? Spiritual gifts and talents can be one of the most unnurtured aspects of our Christian walk, I'll say. Um, they can be one of the most un- unnurtured aspects of our Christian walk because we simply just don't know what they are. Or we think how we're naturally gifted, we think that's just part of life and we don't understand that. No, God wants to use that. So they can be one of the most unnurtured aspects of our Christian walk. And letting them lie dormant and not seizing opportunities to steward them th- really could have some neg- devastating effects on, not just on effects on not just you, but the rest of the church, as we're about to read, that our gifts are for, are for everyone. So if you're following in 1 Corinthians 12, we're going uh, to keep reading in... Starting in verse 12. So chapter 12 and verse 12. Alright. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. 
And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gift. And I will show you a still more excellent way. If you're following in the notes, the fill in the blank for number two is this. My gifts are not for me. And I'll say that first and foremost, your gifts are to bring glory to God. Right? Secondly, I I would say that your gifts are for the purpose of edifying and serving the church, each other. And and I'll say that your gifts are not for you primarily because there is still an awesome and sanctifying work that happens when you practice and when you exercise your gifts. You grow closer to the Lord. It's 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 a humbling experience when you take what's seemingly yours and use it for someone else. So there's humility that comes with it. There's joy that comes with it for you, but first and foremost, your gifts are are for the glory of God, your gifts are for the edification of the church, and then lastly, they're for for you. So your gifts are not, my gifts are not for me primarily, would be the better way of saying that, but first and foremost, you got to understand the function of them, that they're for God, they're for the church, and that there is no insignificant part of it. Continuing on in 1 Peter 4, it says this, as each has received a gift, Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So your gifts aren't meant to be used again so that you can point to yourself and say, look at me, but so that you can use them to say, look at God and serve one another. Continuing on, this quote from Dr. Gary Bashir's again on stewardship says this, The result of stewarding one's gifts and talents is nothing short of amazing. Because it's worship, it glorifies God if done humbly. Because it's love, it cares for people and improves their lives if done graciously. And because it's right, it results in deep and profound joy for those who are graced by God to serve Him with their talents and passions. My gifts are not primarily for me. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, again, another great resource, another great place to look 
um, when, you're, when you're studying the gifts, and I'll, I'll give you that to jot down so that you can read later on your own. You can turn there if you want, or it's up on the screen, but it says this. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's the purpose for our gifts. That's why God has gifted us. Not so we could look inwardly with them, but we can say, God, they're for you. How and what do you want me to do with them? And they're for each other. They're for the building up of the church. They're for serving one another. And the awesome part about that is this. When, when the church is, is functioning, you know, high, when the church is doing what it's supposed to do, uh, each serving in their gifts, and I know there's no perfect people and no perfect church, but when we're just a well-tuned, well-oiled machine, uh, I'm encouraged by that passage. Um, when Jesus speaks to Peter and says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, and I just think that's awesome when everyone's doing their part and when everyone's living in their gifts and, and it's just functioning well that um, you know what can't we do and that's an amazing thing because we have a tremendous tremendous opportunity here in our little community and, and in the world and our reach is is, uh, is far far reaching just what we're able to do and that's all to say like look what God has done and look what God can do um, but the cool part is that he chooses us to accomplish it too and that's an amazing that's an amazing thing to be a part of what he's doing. So next, uh, to build on the idea that our gifts are not for ourselves, point number three, if you're following in the notes, is this. If I don't exercise my gifts, the body suffers. If I don't exercise my gifts, the body suffers. So this is kind of the warning of stewardship that Paul talks about in, in, in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. And he says, like, man, we all, there's a big responsibility that comes with being gifted by God. There's a big responsibility that comes with um, managing the owner's assets, as we read earlier. There's a big responsibility because we want to we do something with that that the Lord's pleased with, right? Like, he's, he's given us grace, he's forgiven us our, our sins, and now he, he gives us responsibility to go into the world and to do something with, with it, right? To advance his kingdom. And that's a big responsibility. And, and Paul kind of lays it on thicker and says, like, like, we need each other, right? Like, even if, if you think, like, one member of the body is not needed, we, we need that. Because if, if, if it's gone, we all feel it. We all, we all are lacking if just one piece. No matter how insignificant that part of the body you may think it is, right? He even says the weaker part is indispensable, so we may think, like, God, this is all I have to offer to you. God, this is all I've got. And, and he says, we need that. We need that in the kingdom. We need you. We need your gift. My um, son, like, Christmas season, right? Um, my son, who's two, almost three, his, his favorite song, um, one of two favorite songs, is The Little Drummer Boy. And um, I was, and he asks for that song all the time. Doesn't care if it's Christmas or not. That's the bedtime song all year round. Um, 
so he was talking about it yesterday, and, and this it never like occurred to me. And, and I'm like, thanks, son. High five. That'll preach really well. But um, he asked for the drummer boy, and I'm, I'm thinking of this drummer boy. And 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 what's the the point of that song? He says, I have I have no gifts to bring. Right? He doesn't know what his he doesn't have anything. He's a he's a poor boy. He says in the song, and he's got nothing to bring to the Lord. So his conclusion is, I've got this drum, and and that's my thing. So I'll I'll drum for you. And the Lord says that's an acceptable and pleasing sacrifice because it's all he had. And he, he played his little drum for the Lord. In the body of Christ, we all have a role. There's no insignificant role. Every person matters. Each person was designed intricately. And, and the Bible says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made and we're gifted and we're, and we're unique. And some of us quirky. But we, we need each other. And God, like, it's an interesting paradox that, that God doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. And that's the method by which he accomplishes his purposes on this earth, through us, though he doesn't need us. So there's no insignificant role. We need each other. Um, to continue on with another quote from um, Professor Jared Rashid, he said, God invites us to steward our talents, not because he needs us to accomplish his will, but because he wants us to share in his joy. Because he wants us to share in his joy. And what a glorious thing that we get a part in what God's doing in the world, right? So this, this sermon this morning is, 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 is about your gifts. I want you to know, first and foremost, that you are gifted, right? You are gifted. I want you to understand that God has given you something special, not so that you can hang on to it, not so that you can say, look at me and look what I've got, but so that you can use it to bring him glory, to serve people, and ultimately for, for your own joy. But, so I want, you to, I want you to understand that, that you're, that you're gifted. But secondly, I, I want you if, you, if you're unsure of what that means and what that looks like, I want you to start discovering your gifts. Like, God, how, how have you made me? What gifts have you given me? Ask the people closest to you, like, what are my gifts? Um... You know, what am, I, what am I good at? How can I use this for, for the Lord? Um, and start to develop that and start to, to move in that direction. Start to work and start to get plugged in. And, and, and thirdly, getting plugged in is what I would say is, you know, know your gifts, start to discover them, and then get plugged into some sort of ministry that allows you to use them. And, and I'm talking big picture kingdom work here because, I mean, maybe it's not right here at the church in the children's ministry for you but maybe it's, it's something different. So I'm talking big picture kingdom work. Get involved in some, something that you can use your gifts in. Get involved in something that you can use your gifts in. Because it's going to be different for, for all of us. And, and some of our gifting and some of our natural ability and some of our passions and interests is a niche little area that, that maybe you need to create that ministry, right? But get involved in something that allows you to use your gifts. Um. So this, this sermon is, is really about stewarding your gifts, being a good steward of what God's entrusted you, and, and less about, well, what are the gifts, and what are their functions, and, and what do they mean? So I, I want to leave that in your hands, in your lap, a challenge to kind of start to, di- to, to, to pray and ask God to start to discover your gifts, or maybe you know it, and I'd, I'd encourage you to just keep going. But um, on the screen, I'll put up a list, and this list, um, is, is not comprehensive. People, you know, agree on, disagree on, you know, how many gifts there are. But I'd love for you to just take maybe a few seconds. Uh, these are spiritual gifts as seen in, in the Bible and the different passages they come from. 
um, I'd love for you to just take 30 seconds, 15 seconds, uh, look at this list, and, and, and maybe something stands out to you. Maybe you're like, yeah, this is, this is me, this is me, that's definitely not me. Um, and, and just start to ask the question, God, how have you gifted me? What gifts have you given me? We'll give a couple of those things. And what you'll notice as you're looking at that list is um, it it doesn't say like youth pastor on there or children's ministry or or worship leader or anything necessarily like that because, um, I mean, these are more general than that, which means you can operate in a number of different things in the body of Christ with with any one of those gifts. And and a lot of you, you know your place. You know how you fit. You know how you're functioning and and how you're gifted. and, And that's great. Be encouraged in that. Press on. Um, and for some of us, maybe we've never even heard of any of this. So maybe it's the day to take the first step, in which case you can mark on your little green communication card. I just found out I'm this and I want to serve in this area. That'd be great. Do that. Or maybe, again, like I said, big picture, it's other kingdom work that you need to be involved in. But what are your gifts? Discover your gifts. Pray for the gifts. Ask the Lord what has he's given you. Like I said, the Bible says there are gifts. There are activities. There are services. Um, what are you already doing in life? What are your hobbies? What are your interests? What do you do for work? Like I said, all of life could and should be worship and service to God. Right? There's no sacred versus secular. There's no, I'm a Christian on Sunday morning and then Monday through Saturday, it's whatever. It doesn't work that way. What are you already doing in life? And how can you say, God, this area is yours too. I'm opening it up to you. What are your natural talents and, and abilities? What are you good at? And how can God use those things? Maybe it's not one of these gifts up here that you see on the screen, but maybe it's, it's something else. Um, how can God use you in that thing to bring him glory and to serve people? We each, we each have a part to play. We each have responsibility. Um, we each have an opportunity to glorify God, to build each other up. And, and again, um, it, it's got to be from a place where we understand the gospel, where we understand that Christ laid down his life. He gave us everything. He forgave us our sins, and, and he gave us new life so that we could in turn respond to him and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm yours. Use me how you please. Use me how you will. So God invites us to share in his glory. Let me end by saying this, just a blessing. May may God, who loves you, who sent his son to rescue you from sin, the God who intricately designed you and gave you purpose and value, may that God, may he give you the power to walk by the Spirit, exercising the gifts he's given you for his glory, for our collective good, and for your personal joy. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your good design. God, I thank you that you're active in this world, and that you care about us, that you love us, that you loved us to the furthest extent. And God, that you want to see people come to saving faith, saving grace in you. And that you've chosen us to to be the vessels by which you communicate that saving grace. And God, I pray that as a church, we would each function by your spirit and our gifts so that we could bring about 
your will on this earth. And, and God, we need an extra dose of, of your strength and grace to do that. So would you empower us by your spirit, Lord? Thank you for each person in this room. May you bless them this week as they seek to live for you. Not in their own strength, but by your spirit. I pray in Christ's name, amen.